Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com.
Scripture said uh, at peradventure some would die for a good man. That's happened throughout history. Some have been willing to die for king and country. And some would even dare to die for someone that they love. You know, the question is compelling but if I were him. But the Bible said that Jesus came to die for the sinner. I couldn't die for the sinner. I'd die for my family. And I might even die for some of you. But I couldn't die for them that hate me. But he did. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Turn with us this morning to Colossians chapter number 3. Uh, the Spirit of God has just pressed my heart on this uh, scripture. I feel like I need to to get this out this morning and then uh, just let's obey God. If, if his word touches you today, then I certainly hope that you'll respond properly to the gospel. Uh, you've an opportunity today, and I can't make you be saved, but if the Holy Spirit gives you an invitation, you're certainly welcome. So I hope you'll mind the Lord. Colossians chapter number 3, we'll begin at verse number 5. For context, we preached the first part of this message uh, couple of weeks ago, and I want to finish it today. Uh, I gave a thought then, and I want to give it again now. There are some spiritual duties that we have as the people of God. Uh, We have a responsibility for everyone that we're around. They should see Jesus. That is a spiritual responsibility. You, You say, how do you know that? Because I know you can't do it in the flesh. I can't do it. You can't do it. But God has given us an opportunity to do it through him, and we certainly need to keep our part of the bargain. He's 
He's done his part and he's equipped us with all that we need. So I'm going to share with us this morning another thought. Uh, the, the thought I want you to take home with you is this, where there are some things that we need to put off, there are some things that we need to put on, and there's some things we need to let. And so we'll do our best to give that to you this morning. Colossians chapter number three, we'll begin at verse number five. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked sometime when ye lived in them. <laughs> but now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We pray that it would pierce our hearts, finding its mark, coming right down to the place where we live. And may we see this as the challenge daily that we're to take up our cross and to follow you. We pray for the help of the Holy Spirit this morning, praying for the unction, for what you've put upon our heart, that we as your people might be obedient to it. We trust now that every heart, every hearer would be obedient as well, that we would respond properly to your word, receiving it, and may it change us in this, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. There are some things as the people of God we need to put off. Put off. And I've already preached that. And I told myself today and I told the Lord, I said, I'm not going to try to do that again. I'll get hung up on that again, certainly because I tell you, if there's anything that I seem to focus on, it's trying to get rid of the old stuff. The Bible said that I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. I'm not what I was before. I've been made a new man. And I'm grateful today that we've been given by the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within us the ability to mortify the deeds of the flesh. I'm not under any assumption today that any one of us have the ability to do this within ourselves, but I do believe that by the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit that we are able to mortify some of these awful things that dwell in this flesh. Yes, 
As long as you're in the flesh, you're going to have trouble. There's going to be problems. You can't change the flesh, you see. What's changed is the inner man, the new man that's on the inside. And because he is greater than the outward, here's what I want you to know. We have the ability and we have the responsibility today to do those things that are putting off the old man and allowing God to rise within us. As I look at that, I want you to remember the importance of putting it off. When he said to mortify the deeds of the flesh, He gave to them some very serious sins, and these are things that you need to deal with. You need to certainly deal with all of those sexual perversions that lie within the flesh, everything that within the lust of the flesh can't be killed out ultimately until you lay it in a box and plant it in the ground one day. But I want you to know there's a responsibility for you and I to put off the things of the flesh. He said clearly, put off these things, anger, malice, wrath the evil communication, the blasphemies. He said, let not any corrupt communication come out of your mouth. Don't lie to one another. All of these things are things that within the flesh, they come natural to man. Uh, I don't, you don't have to confess to me that sometimes you tell a lie. I know you do. You say, how do you know? Because you ain't no different than me. And within the flesh, the ability to lie is there. It's always been there. You've been lying since you was a baby. Amen. You ask a little child, did you do that? First thing they'll say is no. You didn't have to teach them to lie. They were born able. What we have to learn, amen, is the responsibility to put off those things, that there's a responsibility in the life of a new creature in Christ Jesus to live differently than they did before. Now, just because you live in the flesh gives us no excuse to live according to the flesh, but we're to walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I'll tell you, it's probably one of the hardest things you'll do is to take inventory of your life and crucify the old man David mortify the deeds of the flesh, put off those things that were before that the world may see clearly this new man. I tell you, the world don't need to see the old one. Amen. How many would confess today and don't raise your hand, but how many would say, you know what? If I let it, I could still get upset with people. If I didn't keep that under check, check, I could lose my temper from time to time. If I'm not careful, there might be something slipped from my tongue that should not have been there in the first place. If I'm not careful, I'll watch something, do something, say something, be something that I ought not to be. You say, preacher, I've been born again. I know I have. Why in the world am I still fighting those things? As long as you're in the flesh, there will be a responsibility to bring into subjection all of those old man deeds. Put off, he said, the old man and, and his deeds. Oh, I'll put it off one day for sure. One day when I leave this world, I will have put off the old man for certain. He'll all be gone. I won't be bothered by the sin of this fleshly man anymore. Now, I'm glad today that God through his Holy Spirit's give us the ability to put these things off. 
He wouldn't ask us to do it if we couldn't do it, amen. What he's charged us with is to be responsible about those things that are sinful and should not be accounted for in the lives of a born-again believer. He has given you and I the ability through the Holy Spirit's power to mortify the deeds of the flesh. And brother, here's what I can tell you. He'll help you if you'll just do it. If you'll just do it, put it off. Put it off. Mortify those dreadful sinful lusts of the flesh and then put off all of those things that like to linger around anger and wrath and malice all of those hateful things that cause us when the world looks at us to be just like them we need to put them off but I didn't preach that ain't I we need to put those off I want to share with us this morning what we need to put on what we need to put on (laughs) You know, when it comes to the world and what they see today, I believe it's important that they see the right thing. Now, I can't act like the world and dress like the world and talk like the world and and do like the world and, and anybody ever see Jesus. As long as I live in the old man and the deeds of the flesh, then I'll continue to confuse those that look to me or at me and try to wonder who is Christ and what does he look like? What, what is his heart like? I wonder today how many of us have truly put on the garment of righteousness that has been given to us. You see, when I was born again, it was imputed to me. I traded that day my unrighteousness for his righteousness. Believe it or not, that took place. That very instant that I believed in Jesus Christ as my Savior, I traded the old man and I took on the being of a new man. I took on a heart, you see, that has the righteousness of God within it. You say, preacher, I'm not sure that happened to me. Then I'll suggest to you, friend, you never got saved. You didn't get born again. When you get saved, according to 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, the Bible said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. It's not might be. It's not kind of like he said you will be a new creature in Christ Jesus and brother that means we're different than the rest of this world I've been called you see to be peculiar I've been called to listen uh, to sound different and to be different and to act different and to walk different and all of these things you may think and I would suggest to you is true you can't do within yourself but when Jesus comes in you can You can, and there's a responsibility that we do. We have a responsibility, you see, every single day to put on, put on Christ. He begins chapter number three with that very thing. If you be risen with Christ, he said, set your affections on things above. If you be risen with Christ, if you're really a child of God, if you're really a believer in Jesus Christ, amen, you're not gonna be going back and forth. You're not going to be tossed to and fro like the waves of the sea. You'll not be a double-minded man and unstable in all of your ways. If you've truly been born again, friend, there is something on the inside of you, amen, that is greater than the man on the outside. And we need to put some things on. I thought about how important it is that we be clothed properly. Now, I'm not talking about the clothes that you see. As a matter of fact, I didn't buy these. Somebody gave them to me. And I'm tickled to death to have them. But it ain't about these clothes. But it ain't ain't about how I'm dressed right here. Right? I I, I can look around. I can see some of you kind of casually dressed. Some of you maybe a little dressed up. Some of you kind of buttoned up tight. You know what? All of those things are good as long as you come to worship God. 
and you've come with all your heart to lift him up and serve him. I believe we know the difference between right and wrong. And I'm not preaching some form of legalism this morning. What I'm preaching to you are the things that will set you free. I tell you, there ain't nothing like being dressed right when it comes to God. And I'm not talking again. Don't get me confused. I'll take this suit coat off if it bothers you. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about putting on something, amen, that when you go out into the world, they're not looking at the outside. They're saying and recognizing that on the inside, there is something different in you. Are we a peculiar people? Are we set apart and called for the glorious opportunity and commission to share Christ with a world that's lost? Oh, we have the privilege today to put some things on. He said clearly, he said, put on some things. You need to put on some things as the people of God. Once you've put off the old man and his ways, once, and you say, preacher, when's this start? I'd say right when your first eyelid kind of opens in the morning, you need to start this process. You need to go ahead and start dealing with the stuff you need to put off. And start working on getting dressed for God spiritually. Let's look at what he said. The Bible said in verse number 10, And and have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. (laughs) May I say to you today that the important thing about this new man is that you've got to constantly immerse it in this one book. Amen. Not a hundred books, not a thousand books, but there's one book that it constantly must be fed by. There is something that the new man is fueled by. The Holy Spirit that abides within you is able to take the word of God that is brought to you in multiple ways, even through your own reading and study. And the Spirit of God is able to bring to you the renewing of its presence in your life each and every day. And according to the word of God, the new man needs to be renewed in this knowledge I'll tell you right now this knowledge will set you free you don't believe it today some of you have never tried it some of you have never spent a life looking in and searching for Christ in the pages of this book but I say to you today that he's rescued me more than I could confess this morning more than I could tell you about the Holy Spirit of God through the word of God has always been the power of God and the salvation and he will help you today if you'll look to him Oh, can we put on the new man this morning? Can we put on these things that show to a lost and dying world that there is a difference for the believers in Jesus Christ? Let me ask you a question. If you've been born again today, do you still live the old way? Does it bother you in the least that you still live in the old way? It should. If the Holy Spirit of God lives in you, there should be a conviction every time that we sin. There should, be, there should be a touching of our heart every time that we rebel and we pridefully turn against God and his will and his way and his purpose in our life. Every time that the flesh begins to move according to the flesh or not the spirit. Friend, there ought to be something that touches us and says, that ain't right. You know where you're standing. You know that you need to repent. Amen. I'm glad that there's something inside of me that's able to direct my steps and to guide my heart. Brother, he can fix you today if you'll just let him. But you're going to have to be born again if you're lost. Amen. Everything that I'm preaching this morning, you could, you could try your best to do, but it'd be like beating at the wind, right? You could take a stick and just swat at the air all day long, but you ain't going to get anything done. You're not going to, you're not going to get the old man off and the new man on until the Holy Spirit has come inside of you and set up a boat in you. The new man, he needs knowledge. 
And brother, the knowledge that he's looking for comes from the pages of this book. That's where it comes from. Let's look at what the word of God says. The Bible said, the Bible said in verse number 12, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved. Let me ask you a question. I believe the bride of Christ is beautiful. I do. I believe that the church of Jesus Christ is the most precious thing on earth. I believe it is the pearl of great price. I believe the shepherd, the merchant man, came looking for it. And when he found it, he paid all that he had. He gave everything he could. And for you and I, he redeemed us. He saw in us something that no one else could see. He saw within that clam something hidden there, something that had taken life and under the pressure of that life had turned it into something glorious and beautiful. You may not see yourself as beautiful in your own eyes, but may I say today, the church of Jesus Christ is a beauty. She's a beauty. Oh, listen to me. If you're the elect of God, you are holy and beloved. May I say to you today that I don't believe the bride of Christ wears rags. I believe she's beautiful. (laughs) Oh, my mind has been just running wild this week as I thought about those in my life that represent her. Those that as a child... They seemed like giants among men. Those men that would stand behind this pulpit, most of their faces hanging on our fellowship wall if you've been out there. Pastors of this church that as a child growing up in in this church, I got to see them. I got to watch them. I experienced how they lived and what they said. And friend, they were beautiful to me. They were precious to me. You know why? Because they had put on the garment of him. I wasn't seeing them, you see, because I'm sure if I looked close enough that I'd see the warts and everything else. But I want you to know that when I saw them, I saw them having put on the goodness of God, having put on those wonderful garments, amen, that display a Christ that loves the world and died for it. I got to see that, and it made a difference in my heart. I'll tell you right now, we have a responsibility to live that way. To live in a way that is not compromised with this world, but that when the world sees us, they see the love of a forgiving and a loving Savior. Have you put on those garments? Or when you engage with the world and the place that you work or where you go to school, when you do what you do day after day, does the world see Christ in you? I'll tell you the only way they'll see Christ is if you put on him. The elect of God, that's you. If you're born again this morning, you're the elect of God. You're holy and beloved. (laughs) You say, get on with the message. Why don't you tell us what we got to put on? No, I got to tell you why. Listen, before you go to putting it on, you got to understand why you put it on. Some of you work at a place where uniforms are required. Some of you do jobs where certain personal protective equipment is necessary. And there's rules that go with it and there's, there's reasons that are behind it. And, 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 and you wear certain clothing and you, and you wear certain shoes and, and all of these things are, are unique to what it is that specifically you do. <laughs> 
May I say to you today that as the children of God, I have the unique responsibility of being Christ to others. And I tell you, the only way I can do that is if I've put on Christ. If I have been dressed properly, if I go out into the world and I act like the world and I am like the world and I speak like the world and do like the world, how many people are going to see Christ in me? Now, I don't claim to be good, and I'm certainly not perfect. And I've missed the mark in so many ways. But, oh, I want to put him on. I want to put him. You say, why? Because I am the holy and beloved of the Father. I am the elect of God. I have a responsibility to represent him in this world, amen? And when I stand before him one day, he will hold me accountable for that responsibility. What did you do with what I gave to you? How I have provided for you? I've given you all the things that you need to put on in this world that they may see me through you. Have you put on Christ today? Have you? Surely if we put on Christ, more people would see him. Surely if we've taken a personal account of our lives and recognized that we are the elect of God, holy and beloved, that we also understand that there's a certain certain putting on of some things that are just not optional. You say, preacher, what is that? Look with me in verse number 12. He said, number one, he said, you got to put on bowels of mercies. Oh, that's easier said than done. I'll tell you right now, it's easier to look down on someone and judge them than it is to be merciful than to say, go and sin no more. Right? That's what he said to the harlot, to the adulterous woman cast at his feet. He said, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Bowels of mercies. You know what I found evident in the bride of Christ? They are merciful bunch. Amen. They can look at, they can look at the worst kind of sinner. And I'm just going to say worst kind of sinner, knowing that there's no really worst kind. But a child of God can look at anybody and say, but for the grace of God, that would be me. Huh? Can you be honest and say that this evening? That if it wasn't for the grace of God, I'd be a dopehead. I'd sell myself for money. I'd cuss and curse God. I'd live like the devil and do whatever I wanted to do. I'd drink and fight and everything else. I want you to know today that the people of God have been called to live different. And bless God, we ought to be different. Every day of our life, we ought to put on something of mercy that comes from the inside of us. That when we look at another man in his distress and in the depravity of his sin, it's not judgment that comes out. No, it's something I put on from Christ which comes from the inside. It's bowels of mercy that says, I don't care where you've been. Jesus loves you. Ain't that the gospel, Rod? I don't care what you've done. He loves you anyway. 
You can say, well, I've been in jail or I've done this or I've done... Let me tell you something. I know what God, he's able to save you out of anything today. And the people of God live as the holy and beloved having put on, having put on. You see, this is a choice that you've got to make daily in your spiritual walk with God. You're going to have to put on the bells of mercies and choose to love someone instead of judge them. Put it on. Put it on. Put on. Put on that, that ability to look at another poor soul that may have just cussed you and say, Jesus loves you. He loves you. You can say it in the pharisaical sense and it won't have meant a thing and they'll know it. But you can also respond to the wickedness of this world that's being pointed and directed towards you and you can look at them and from bowels of mercies that come from my father, let me be clear where this comes from. It ain't from me. I'm not fueling this jet. It's coming from God. If he's in you, you can be merciful in this world. Thank God because he was merciful to you. He should have flipped you right on into hell but he was merciful to you. Oh, he said, as the new man, having put off the old man and his deeds, the new man, therefore, needs to put on some things as the elect of God, the holy and beloved. They need to put on bowels of mercies, but also they need to put on kindness. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, if there's any one word that's ever exemplified the, the spotless bride of Christ, is she's kind. She's kind. You know what I'd like to have them say? I'd like to have them say that when they went to New Providence Church that they was a kind people. There's 11 people. There was somebody that didn't look down on me because of the way I was dressed or the way my hair was or, or what I looked like or what I smelt like. They didn't care about any of that. They cared about my soul and they believed that God could do something for me. Kindness. Do you know you can put on Kindness. I tell you, that's one of the most beautiful garments I've ever seen. You know how I love to be around people that are kind? You say, well, having to think about that, I do too. I like to be around people that are just kind to me. Huh? As the bride of Christ, may I say to you today, there is a living responsibility within you to wake up every morning and to put her on. I'm going to be kind today. I'm going to do what he done to me <laughs> Wasn't he kind? <laughs> Wasn't he kind when he decided to come by your house that day and say, I love you and I want you to be my... Oh, wasn't it kind of Christ to come your, come your way and say, I'll save you today if you'll believe me. Oh, would you listen to him today? There's some things that we need to put on as the elect and the beloved of God, the Father. We need to look like the bride of Christ today. We need to be kind. We need to be kind. Number next, he said, we need to have an humbleness of mind. Or it's just a pain in the backside to be around prideful people, ain't it? Uh, if there's anybody I just don't enjoy being around, these people think they, they've actually done something. They actually are something. You know why? Because what I've realized, I ain't never been anything. And if I have done anything, I can tell you to whom goes all the credit for that. I just don't really have anything that I have done. 
But I know someone, and he lives in me, and by his grace and his power, brother, he is able at times to work through me. When I'll make an effort, amen, to put on an humbleness of mind, put on the spirit of of humbleness and recognize, amen, that he is all and he is in all. He is everything to me. He has done everything for me. He is my deliverer, my rock, my fortress, and he's the reason I get to go. I've not but one thing to put on this morning and that's humbleness of mind. Put it on, put it on. When you wake up, recognize that but for God, we'd all be in hell. If it wasn't for him, we'd all be dead without hope. May I say to you today, the humbleness of mind, you can have it today, but you gotta put it on. You gotta put it on. You say, oh, preacher, I can't seem to get my mind. What the apostle said in Philippians, I believe it was, second chapter, he said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made of himself no reputation. No reputation. He who has all reputation. He made of himself no reputation. Took on the form of a servant. Became a man for you and I. And then suffered the death of the cross. He was humble of mind. Put it on. Put it on. Oh, listen to me now. You say, preacher of the world, don't wanna, they don't want to hear what I got to say. Maybe it's because you ain't humble when you say it. Maybe you don't look like Christ to them when you say it. Oh, she's the most beautiful thing that I've ever seen because she's clothed in garments that are provided by the Lord. Oh, the bride of Christ today ought to look different. When they see her in the world, they ought to think, my, my, I'd like that. They ought to see what they're wearing's rags. Amen. The billionaires on Wall Street, they might have three-piece suits that cost, amen, half what I make a year. But let me tell you something. They don't have anything compared to me if they're lost. They still wearing rags as pertains to God. But he dressed me one day and I am the bride, I am the holy and beloved of God. Listen, there is a reason that we put on the glories of God and the, and the work of the Spirit of God. We have a responsibility in this world to be salt and light, to show them something. Humbleness of mind. The apostle would continue and say meekness. Let me be clear about meekness, it ain't weakness. As a matter of fact, if you're ever to truly be meek, you'll have to really be strong. Because the hardest thing you'll ever do is to be meek. The most fortitude that it'll take is when they curse you. They may have done put hand on you is to look at someone and love them. You say, where's that come from? Oh, that's some of his clothes. I've seen him put it on people. I've seen him wear it. It falls off me sometimes, and I have to just... Anybody know what I'm talking about? Don't raise your hand. Do you know what I'm talking about? You fit spiritually, and you think, well, I'm doing good today. And then somebody calls you something you wasn't expecting, and then you want to lay hands on them. That ain't meek. Do you know that Jesus could have called 12 legions of angels? 
with a whisper. And they had just beat him till every part of his body drained his precious blood. Do you know what he did? He laid down and stretched his arms out. I'm telling you right now, that took a strength that you know not of. As the meek became my king. He said, I need you to put that on today. I need you as the beloved and and holy, the elect of God. I need you to put on some meekness today. And when they smite you on one cheek, he said, I need you to turn to them the other. Now, some of you, you're kind of choking on that pill. That ain't going down. So, preacher, but I got rights. Do you now? According to the scripture, I died that day. How many of them people under the clay of that old ground out there have any rights? Any of them dead people got rights? Uh-uh. None. I gave up mine to be his one day. Well, this is, it's not as easy to put this on as you thought it was, was it? Right? Some of you thought, oh, yeah, I'm going to check this box and I'm going to go home and have a good lunch today. Meekness. Meekness is not an easy garment to bear. Say, how come? Because it involves suffering. And yet the Lord, the Lord, brother, he said, put it on. I need you to put this on. I know you don't want to put it. He said, but you need to put this on. Amen. This is me. This is me, he said. I need you to put this garment on, Paul. I need you to be meek. Because they will see me. They will see me. They ain't going to see me when you're proud. They ain't going to see me when you're fighting back like the rest of the, the world. Put on meekness. And then he said, mm, I tend to believe they just get a little harder to put on as I'm going. And he said, long-suffering. Long-suffering. You know what long-suffering is, Paul? If meekness is phase one, long-suffering is phase two. Because you know what they do sometimes? You'll make it through round one. You'll think, well, I was Jesus in that circumstance, and then they hit you the next day. And you say, well, can't take that no more. And yet what the Bible said when it, as pertains to loving someone, when, when they said, well, how many times are we supposed to forgive them? Seven? Nope, nope. He said, about 70 times seven. I don't know about you, but that, that's a little tight. That one's a little hard to wear. Long-suffering toward people that abuse you falsely for his namesake. Isn't that what he said would happen to you? They'll imprison you. They can do all kinds of things. He told his disciples, he said, but be of good cheer. He said, if they did it to me, he said, they'll do it to you. 
Don't worry about that. Put on some long suffering. How many times have you been at odds with your husband or your wife or your neighbor and, and you was all right for a day or two, but when they just wouldn't quit, right? You drew the line and you said, that's enough. I don't have to take that. Do you not? I'll tell you right now, if you've put on Christ, you might take away more than you ever thought you would. Sounds like Christians are just weak. No, it's the opposite. I'll tell you right now, you'll never do anything that I'm saying until you're strong in the Lord. Because it's the weak in the Lord that just pay an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Right? That's what they told him. They said an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And he said, no. No, he said, it's not that way at all. Matter of fact, everything that he did for me was grace. I didn't deserve not one thing. But what I'm showing you today was the garment of my, my Lord. He wears it quite well. And he wants me to put it on. Put on, he said, long suffering. Next. Verse number 13, he said, forbearing one another. Mm, we just graduating here. We went from meekness and we're just getting tougher. Right? And the more I'm trying to put on, the harder it is to wear. He said, forbearing one another. Forbearing. I hope you understand that when one says forbearing, that bearing is the root of that word. It means you got to carry something that's heavy. Forbearing one another. How many of us are long-suffering and merciful, kind of heart, humble of mind and meek in such a way that when we, when we deal with others in this world and even within the body of Christ, we are forbearing with our burdens, right? I quoted the scripture earlier from Galatians 6, 2, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Isn't she beautiful? Oh, how I love people that are forbearing. Have you really met that many? I have. I have. I can tell you right now in the history of this church alone, I've met so many people. We were talking about one the other day. My, he was dressed well. Most of them are gone. Not all of them, but there's a lot of them. Debbie, that I watched them when I was a boy. I watched them when I was a mean teenager. I watched them. And they were dressed in Christ. I saw. I saw some of them that didn't give up on me when they should have. I saw some of them not quit praying when they should have. I saw some of them, Paul, they put their arm around me. And they left me. My, how beautiful she is. The bride of Christ, when she's got on those things that are of him, when she's wearing the things he asked her to put on, forbearing one another. And then he said, he said this awful thing. He said, forgiving one another forgiving one another not only are we to forbear but he said you're to let it go let it go tell you right now when you put that on 
It'll alter how your life is lived out day after. When you put that on, say, preacher, I don't know if I can go there. That person did me wrong. He said, if any man have a quarrel against any other man, he said, you are to forgive them just as he forgave you. Now, as a matter of fact, that Jesus would take it a step farther, and he said, listen, if you ain't willing to forgive them, I'm not willing to forgive you. That's why people with hate in their heart go to hell, because they can't forgive. They can't forgive. Josh, he said, put this on. It wasn't like he's making a suggestion. No, he said, put it on. I'm not asking you. I'm telling you, as my bride... I need you to put this on. I need you to wear this well, Gavin. I need you to wear it well. When they do you wrong, you are to forgive them, even if it's 70 times seven. There are some things that when we put them on, the world unquestionably sees Christ. You know why? Because it is so different than them. They recognize clearly that is not of this world. I want you to know that his bride is beautifully adorned. So, preacher, why do you come back Sunday night and Wednesday night and run to meetings over here and, and meetings over there? And I found the bride of Christ to be the most attractive thing to my soul. They must like her. My, how good she looks. And she's been so good to me. I've experienced, I've experienced Christ through her in my life over and over and over. No, he said, listen, I need you to put this on. Put off, put on. And then he said, lastly, I need to have you just let a few things. Let a few things. Let's see what they are. Number 15, verse number 15. He said this, and let the peace of God. Wait a minute. What you're saying is I don't have to put this on. I just have to let it do something. That's just exactly what he's saying. You say, oh, wait a minute, shouldn't I put on the peace of God? No, you can't wear that. You just got to let that. You say, how come? Because the peace of God's way bigger than anything you could ever wear. He said, let the peace of God dwell in your hearts. You know why some of you are so miserable? You won't let it. You won't let it. You've been born again. Your name's on the church book. You've been baptized. You're happy as a chick. And I want you to know this right now. But you don't have peace in your heart. You say, why? Because you choose not to let it. Did you know that the Spirit of God, I mean, the, the peace of God doesn't need any fuel from you? It doesn't need any ability from you. It doesn't need any assistance or, or anything from you. What it needs is for you to let it be what it wants to be in you. Let the peace of God dwell in your hearts. Hmm. You say, preacher, that sounds just like a decision. 
Well, I'd say it is. It's just like a decision. I've just got to decide. I believe I'll just let the peace of God rule today. I believe I'll just let the peace of God dwell in my heart to the which also ye are called in one body and be ye thankful. Be thankful for it. God has called us as people of peace. And you know what? I don't have to do anything to get peace rolling. I just got to get out of the way and let it. Now, I got to put off some stuff, and I got to put on some stuff, but when it pertains to the peace of God that surpasseth all understanding, that is like flowing from a river into my soul that allows me to sleep in this chaotic, heathen world, I want you to know you just got to let it. Just let it. How many people today don't have peace? You know why? Because they won't let peace. They won't let peace have its way in their heart. Jesus said it to him like this in the book of John. He said, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives peace, he said, but my peace. I'm not talking about the world today. I'm talking about the gifts of God, the good treasure of God that comes to our heart. He said, let the peace of God rule in your heart. You know what the word rule means, right? It means dominate. It means control means to be in complete charge. You say, hang on a minute. You're saying that if I'll let it, the peace of God will take charge of my heart. Now, he said it. I just want to know if you believe it. All you got to do is let it. Sister, talking about fear this morning, right? And having made a mistake and watched the news. And fear came back. You know, what, you know what gets rid of fear? Peace. Do you know that in order for me to dispel the fear in my life, all I got to do is let it rule. Let it dominate, control, be in charge of my heart. You say, preacher, that is way too simple. You don't know how complicated and messed up my life is. I didn't write it. But I know what he's saying is true. You got a choice. The peace of God which passeth all understanding, brother, lives and abides within you. You've got to let it do its job. Some of you need to let go today. Some of you need to give up on the fears and the struggles and the trials of this life. And you need to let the peace of God do what he said he will do. It ain't able to do it because you won't give him the reins. I've said it before, I'll say it again. I don't need a co-pilot. I need a driver. I don't need somebody to help me drive. I need somebody to take the wheel. Amen. I need somebody to drive this thing. Well, how about letting the peace of God rule? Let it. Just let it. Let it. It has all power. It can do it. Number next, verse number 16. Here's something else we got to let. We got to let the word of Christ dwell in us richly in all wisdom. Do you know you don't you don't have to you don't have to empower the word of Christ. It has power of itself. I, I don't have to somehow manipulate the words in this book to conjure some kind of emotion from you. 
God's not giving me the responsibility to touch your heart strings and to maybe draw a tear and convince you that you need to be saved. Do you know that I just need to let the word of Christ do what he does and you'll get saved? You don't think for a minute he was trusting this with a preacher, did you? Huh? A human. You didn't think for a minute that this was about human ability. No, he said, how about we just let the word of Christ dwell in our hearts in all spiritual wisdom. How about we just let the word of Christ come in and set us free? Preacher, that's pie in the sky. No, I'm here to testify this morning. That's all real stuff. Anybody else with me? Anybody know what I'm talking about? That's real. That's real. When you just let the words of Christ be what it is, which is spirit and life. Come get a song, God. Let me tell you something. These, these are real things that this Christian has a responsibility put off, put on, and simply to let. I'll tell you right now, when I just let the peace of God rule in my heart and I let the word of God Make me rich on the inside with knowledge and wisdom. You just got set free. You just got set free and you just got able to put on some of them duds that were a little hard to to get on because we just let those things. I think it was D.L. Moody. I've told this before, but as he stood in front of a, he was fixing to stand at one of the revival meetings there in Chicago, thousands of people in the audience and and this reporter came up to him and said, Mr. Moody, he said, how will you defend the gospel tonight? And he shook his head and he said, I'll not defend the gospel. He said, she's like a lion. You just open the cage. She defends herself. You don't think the gospel needs me to defend it, do you? No, I just need to let it. How many here has been saved by the word of God? I want you to know that's because somebody just let it do what it was supposed to do. Now, you need to be saved today, and I can't make you saved. You say, preacher, I do need to put off these old things, and I need to put on the new. But you can try all you want to within yourself. And Listen, there's just no spiritual ability within an unsaved person to actually get the job done. God's not confused about that. He's not looking at you and saying, why can't you catch up? Why can't you do this? Well, he knows if you're lost, you can't do any of that. All he wants you today is to be saved. That's all he's asking you to do. He's not asking you to try to do all these things. He's just asking you to be born again. He's just asking you to trust him as your Lord and your Savior and let him make of you what he's made of us, which is a beautiful bride. People have a problem with the church. I I get that. And there's hypocrites in the church. Uh, Did that shock anybody? Always have been. Always will be, probably. Let me tell you something about the church. There's people in the church that are not a part of the church. 
There's people that attend here. There's probably people that are members here that ain't ever been born again. Never been, they've never been changed. That's why they can't walk it. That's why they can't live it. That's why they can't wear it. Because they've never been changed. You need to be changed today. You need to be made a new creature. He changed me one day. And that made all the difference in the world. I'm not what I was. And I may not be what I need to be yet. But thank God I ain't what I was. I am a new creature in Christ. And every day, the Spirit of God is trying to teach me how to look like her. How to look like the bride. That's the elect of God, holy and blessed. I'm not an orphan. But I'm a child of a king. And as a child of the king, I wear his duds. When you see me, I should not look dressed with the beggarly elements of this world. When you see me, it should be adorned as I am the holy and beloved of Christ. Having put off the old man and his deeds, and having put on the new man, and been dressed in the qualities and attributes of my Savior, my betrothed, my husband, Christ. And he wants me to be dressed in the finest. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, that's the finest it gets. I ain't met any more. <laughs> Crystal, I ain't, I ain't met any people in this world any more beautiful than he is. <laughs> Boy, they some of them, they really decked out. I said all that to say this. You said you forgot one. No, I didn't forget it. He... Last thing he said to put on was love. Called it charity. In the Greek, it's agape. It's the same word he used in John 3, verse 16, where he said that God so loved. The last thing he told me to put on was what tied the whole ensemble together. Well, I wish I wore my tie today. The, one, the last thing he told me to put on, it, it, it's the final thing. He said, put on love. Agape. He said, put that. He said, for that. That is the bond. That's what ties her all together, Judy. It's love. You say, your love? Nope. His. His love. Put it on. Put it on. And love will take all of those things. The Bible said it covers a multitude of sins. 
Love never fails the law. Love is perfect. He said, put on love. Put on charity. It's the bond of perfectness. I'd like to commend you today, some of you for sure. I'd like to tell you how beautiful you are to me. In his eyes. Ain't that good? I wish this morning that I could just take you by the hand, look in the eyes, and tell you how beautiful you are. And of course, I wouldn't be talking about your hair or your makeup or lack of it. It's my wife. No, I want you to know that in Christ, you're the most precious thing I've ever seen. And I see him in you. And he's beautiful. So preacher, I want to I want to be part of that. I want to be part of that. You need to be saved. You need Jesus today. Don't misunderstand the the common denominator here is the man that hung on the cross. He can do all that and more in your life this morning if you'll trust him as your savior too he'll make you a part of his bride if you need him today come give an invitation as they sing a verse or two would you come